welcome to the Saltwater Bone Podcast channel. Alright, welcome to the Saltwater Bone Podcast channel. I'm glad to finally say that I have figured out how to turn that intro music volume down. It was very difficult for me to figure out but I think that I have finally figured it out and I should be able to do a little bit better editing now but of course I do still have this same cheap microphone but hopefully not long from now that will also change and it will be much better I'm open hoping also to start introducing interviews as well so it's not just me talking as well as have other people come on and talk people that I know already not interview them but just come on and have them conversate with me about these things instead of me just kind of talking about them but I'm going to go ahead and start this one off today with talking about skate skate news skate in general whatever right so the first bit is on skateboarding.com there is a video of Fabiana Delfino I believe that's how you pronounce her first name I'm pretty confident on the last name Delfino, but Fabiana, not a hundred percent sure, but still, it's a it's an approximately one minute video, and it's at the Transworld Skate Park. And while she's not doing anything mind blowing, it's pretty cool to see that she did things like she did a three stall combo, so she went and did three different stalls while still on the coping, and then. She also did this pretty pretty fun looking sex change on on the transition. Instead of just, you know, doing like a I don't know, a hippie jump sex change or or a kick flip or some kind of flat ground variant of sex change. Instead she did it on transition on a quarter pipe. So that was pretty cool. Alright, so the next bit is I'm I've already talked about this before, but I'll go ahead and talk about it again. If you're interested, there is an organization called SkatePal, and it's a program that gets both male and female volunteers to teach skateboarding to children in Palestine. The event window is from March through October. Placements are for one or two months, and if you need some more information on that, or if you want to get an application, you can email the organization at info at skatepow.co.uk that's info of course at skatepow s-k-a-t-e-p-a-l dot c-o dot u-k also coming up here probably not too long from now it's February 9th today and on February 23rd of this year of our Lord 2019, Grind for Life, which is a not-for-profit organization that assists the travel expenses for cancer patients, they are having a series contest, national level, all ages and scales. Uh, scales, I don't know why I said scales. All ages and skills skill levels and it's going to be at 
Zephyr Hills, Florida, and it's going to be in the area of, it's, it's, it's going to be in the skate disciplines of street and bowl, which, I mean, I'm not too big on, on street, and I suck in the bowl, but I personally prefer the bowl over, over street. Yeah, that should be fun. If you want some more information for that, you can probably just Google Grind for Life. I haven't actually tried, but yeah, you should be able to just Google Grind, as in what you do on a coping, or on a rail, or a ledge, or, you know, who knows, people are grinding all kind of things. I think I saw a video once of someone grinding, a uh, who was it, I think someone was grinding their Ferrari, or a Lamborghini or something. And I was like, wow, that's an expensive, expensive grind right there. All right. Also, the 25th annual Tampa Pro is going to be at the skate park of Tampa, March 1st through 3rd. And just a little background for this. Mike Vallely won the first one in 1995. Okay. And I believe how you pronounce his name is Jagger e Jagger Eaton. Jagger Eaton is the defending champ right now, as in he won it last year. Greg Lutzka, or Lutzka, Lutzka. I'll say Lutzka. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Lutzka. All right. I don't know if y'all noticed that there. Let's go. Let's go with that. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways. He has won the most. He's won three times. He won it in 2006, 2008, 2009. Now, I doubt he's going to be in the competition this year. Maybe, I guess. But, either way, he's won it the most with three wins. Two of which were consecutive, so that was pretty cool. Also, I've just discovered this. All right? Now, I can't really say that I endorse this. you going and watching this video because it's... You know, my YouTube channel, this podcast, the Instagram, the Twitter that I that I do, all of this is to provide surfers and skaters with entertainment that isn't encouraging them to just dive headfirst and become addicted to this entertainment, but is also going to provide them with entertainment that is, you know, family friendly, it's clean. Uh, there isn't any of this this negative stuff that you typically see all over places like YouTube or Instagram. Like, there isn't going to be fights. There's not going to be, you know, bullying. There's not going to be name calling. No foul language. No, you know, no illegal activities. You know, nothing like that that's going to influence society in a negative way. You know, I wanted to do something that was just completely pure because... I, you know, even though I suck at both skating and surfing, I still enjoy doing both. And surfers and skaters, those are my people. You know, you guys are, you're, you're my people, you know. And so I wanted to do something for the community of surfers and skaters. And also, you know, I know that, you know, even though a lot of surfers and skaters see themselves as, you know, 
society pirates, society outcasts, you know, rebels, you know, without a cause, really. One, it's kind of silly because that that we do that kind of thing because really it's like we're not rebelling against society. We're creating our own society centered around rebelling against other societies. It's not actually counterculture, really, if you think about it. We can call it that. It may be counter-pop culture, popular culture, but it's not exactly counter-culture. Anyways, you know, it's... If if Jesus loves me enough to die for me, he does the same... He has that same love for all surfers and skaters out there. And so I want to provide things that aren't going to be damaging to who we are as people. You know, I mean, we all have a we all have a body and and how you treat your body that's that's on you and what you choose with your mind to ingest into your soul what you choose to listen to what you choose to believe what you choose to watch what you choose to participate in that's also up to you but it's up to me what i put out there for people to consume so that's what i chose to put out for people to consume because like everybody in the world, I'm tired of the way the world is, so I figured, why don't I try to do something about it? And maybe, just maybe, I can reach just one person out there, and it's all worth it. And if I can reach even more, even better. Even better. The more the merrier. But if I can at least just reach one, then no matter how long and how much work I put into this, it's all worth it. But uh, so I can't really endorse this video while it is an interesting concept. Let me just go ahead and, and talk about the video first before I even get into detail with this, with how I feel about it. But so I've just discovered this, but it was actually released on YouTube October 1st of last year, 2018. It's called Real Presents Out of Sight. Treasure Island, do it yourself. So it's a film that took two years to make. It's a 43 minute long documentary video. And Treasure Island is is an island off the California coast of, I guess, right around central California. It's right there between Oakland and San Francisco. It's <clears throat> almost dead center in the coast, really. You know, not down to the mile or anything, but if you were just to casually look at a map of California, it's it's pretty close to the center of California. Uh, it's a documentary film by a man named Mr. Bryce Knights, K-A-N-I-G-H-T-S, Knights. I guess maybe that's like a, a funny way of, of saying, you mean K when you knights when you say knights because knights is normally spelled k n i you know so anyone who doesn't know the english language might try to pronounce it knights you know not realizing that it's just knights and the k is silent and who knows why they decided to put that k there but anyways you know i think i might be the only person who saw the aerial clip that they do above this view of of Treasure Island and I thought wow look at that you know because what they have is they're building a skate park in this video they're building a skate park on 
basically an abandoned island pretty much off the coast of California that is and it's and it's an abandoned I believe it's a tennis court and so they show this little aerial view of it probably with a drone that's my guess because it kind of zooms out or whatever it doesn't seem like it's a helicopter you know this doesn't seem like it's that big of a budget film but so I would assume a drone a drone footage of it and I looked at it and I was like man look at that they're gonna build a skate park and it's gonna be less than the 60 second walk to get down to the beach there to the water I was like man that's a great skate park you just go skating and then surfing and then go back to skating again and then go back to surfing and you just spend all day just surfing and skating it'd be wonderful if if uh, I don't even know if I should tell y'all where to look for it. I mean, I guess you'd be able to just Google what I've already given you anyways, out of sight, Treasure Island, do it yourself. DIY, do it yourself. But um, it's presented by Thrasher, so Thrasher's involved with it. And the actual title is Real, R-E-A-L, Presents out of sight treasure island do it yourself diy but you know i found it on youtube might be able to find it in other places but yeah so in the beginning this is what i'd like to say in the beginning that they were showing how they basically got busted in oakland by the police for breaking into uh an old unkempt park and they were building their own skate park there they were using you know they, it looked like dirt and water mixed with like, you know, cinder blocks, and they're basically doing a, a do-it-yourself kind of dirty, grimy kind of skate park. You know, every every skater's favorite skate park, really. But they got busted, and they were they were given court summons, and I believe have hefty fines as well. And the guy at the beginning, he was saying how. He, this just goes to show how, not this goes to show. Sorry, that's something else that I'm thinking. But he he was saying that he loves doing this kind of thing because it gives him this rush, because he's basically stealing. And so I was thinking, well, one that goes to show that the Bible's true. All of us people just love to do what we know we shouldn't be doing. We all have that thing that we know we shouldn't do that we just love to do I guess for this man it's what he considers stealing you know stealing by building a park in a place that doesn't belong to him that actually belongs to the city really I guess it's not stealing legally as it is so much as it is trespassing but still I was thinking you know this 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 just goes to show like as skaters we're always getting in trouble doing things and you could look at this bit on this video and think, oh man, that's so cool, like, you know, he got arrested, well, he didn't really get arrested, but, you know, the cops were there, and you can't touch this cop, and then they go and they build their own park, and you might look at it as something that you could try to emulate, but you could also look at it, and I would encourage you to look at it in this way, as a way of learning that just because it's fun doesn't mean you should do it just because it's part part of normal skate culture doesn't mean that it's something that you yourself should be participating in 
like anyone out there have a bunch of money to just just throw at fines? No, yeah, me neither. You know, I, you know, even the rich people, a, a rich person wouldn't say that they have a ton of money to just throw at fines. So who cares? Let's do it anyways. But I hope anyone that does watch this video will we'll take that last view of it there. That view of this is something to learn from. That there's consequences for doing these things even if I like to do them. Just because we like to do something doesn't mean we should or that it would be good to do it. You know, oftentimes we enjoy doing things that we really have no business and shouldn't be doing. But anyways, so that's that's all I got to say about the skate here so far at least I'll I'll probably get to it again on another podcast hopefully next podcast I it's hard for me to find skate stuff which is weird because there's so much skate stuff out there but it's like I don't want to just talk about this this clip or that clip like everyone's watching these clips anyways I plan on just bringing just a new perspective maybe doing something that nobody else is doing and you know everyone else is talking about the clips or watching the clips or whatever that doesn't provide anything that that's unique so anyways let's move on here on this seventh edition or episode or whatever of the saltwater bum podcast to my favorite maybe your favorite maybe not your favorite and it's going to be surf all right so i've just discovered this website um and it's not specific to surf but this is going to be the first part about it that I was talking about because it ties into something that I found on that website which is something that I've already talked about on the podcast so I just figured hey you know what I'll put it on on the surf segment even though this website also has to do with skateboarding as well it's called the adventure sports network and it's adventuresportsnetwork.com and this is all kinds of what you might consider sports or just you know, adventure activities, really. They, they could have just called it Adventure Activities Network or Adventure Hobbies or something like that. Maybe that was name was already taken. I don't know. But basically, it includes such things as camping, surfing, snowboarding, skiing, ultra running, skating, BMX, mountain biking, kayaking. It even has a section for van life, which is something that is definitely like a you know, a, a thing inside of surf culture is van life, especially in the United States at least. I don't know where everyone who ever is going to listen to this podcast is listening from, but at least in America we have this thing called van life culture where, you know, there are a lot of surfers at least who dream of having these vans that they can, you know, build these little bunks in and build their surfboard racks in and just travel along these vans. Who needs a hotel or nothing? They can just road trip it from surf spot to surf spot to surf spot and I'm sure there are also skaters who do the same thing there are people who probably don't even do any kind of sport or whatever that also just love this whole idea of living in your van which me personally if I was single that'd be the way for me to go I would love to do that but I have a wife and three kids and we're not all gonna live in a freaking van that would be more like RV life and no thanks, you know, in a house is bad enough. Crampedness, we gotta get out and go go out and do stuff versus just sitting in some little house. But, you know, if I was single, I would love it. And, but 
the reason I wouldn't do it now even for surf or skate trips is because is because I work on my own vehicles and vans around the engine and everything is such a small hood such a small nose there on most vans that it's hard to get up in there and work with the engine a lot of times you have to pretty much take the engine out of the vehicle to to really do repairs on it and that's just not something that I really want to do I don't have my own garage or, or lift or or even engine lift or whatever like I can rebuild an engine but I don't have an engine lift I gotta muscle that sucker out of there and that's a big engine and a small space you know but on but on a big vehicle so it's high off the ground I did it on a Toyota Camry where me and my brother pulled the engine out by hand and that sucker was heavy we barely got it out and the thing's not very far off the ground and it's a four-cylinder small four-cylinder engine and we detached everything from it it was just the block like we detached it from the transmission and everything this is a front-wheel drive Toyota Camry so it, it wasn't a big engine you know there's no way I'd be pulling a van engine out by hand even you know to have enough people to actually hold that sucker up they wouldn't fit in in the in the small space and it's way higher up off the ground you'd have to be up on top of the thing and yeah no thanks so anyways let's get off of that tangent by the way there's also more stuff than just that that's just some of the stuff that's on this kind of website so if you're interested in any of that stuff you can go and check it out from the website they also have accounts on Facebook YouTube Instagram Twitter Pinterest they on the website they have videos they have articles and just speaking personally I went straight onto Instagram and YouTube and subscribed to them because it like I'm I can at least watch all of the stuff I love all kinds of outdoor stuff and even though I don't camp very often I enjoy camping obviously I love surfing and I like skating <laughs> I can't really say I love it just yet I think I'm getting there though, but I, I kind of love it, but it's just hard for me because surfing is, is my real love. When it comes to surfing or skating, it's it's surfing. If I had to choose between the two, it's hands down to surfing. But they all, I mean, snowboarding is something that I've wanted to do. I don't really have a, any particular interest in skiing, but I could watch some videos of it, like especially the jumps that they do look incredible. Ultra running fascinates me how people can actually run for such long distances like I mean you're talking people that that run a hundred miles it's like dude that takes you like a day and a half you're just running no sleep no eating nothing for that long of a period just gosh dang dude I don't know how people do it you know BMXing I've watched those kind of videos before as well as mountain biking and kayaking I've watched those kind of things before and even though they're not what I watch most often if I see one and it, and it kind of looks like on that that first little image you see when you see the video on your screen I forget what they call that image but that little header image there if, if something in that catches my eye or something in the title catches my interest I'll, I'll click on it and, and watch it but you know YouTube don't typically offer it to me because mostly what I watch is surfing videos that's mostly what it mostly what it uh, suggests for me also, I want to talk about an article on this website. It was talking about 
Here's the name of the article. Is climate change making waves bigger? For me, that seems like a great thing. Because if you know anything about any of this, you know that my ultimate goal in surfing is to go and surf a wave called Mavericks. If you're not familiar with Mavericks, it's a big wave spot off the central coast of California, about a 45-minute drive south of San Francisco. It's in a place called Half Moon Bay, and it's a big wave. It starts breaking at 12 feet, so it has to have a 12-foot swell to start breaking. Or the well, the wave itself has to be 12 foot to start breaking because it's a deeper, it's a deeper water spot, and then it can go all the way up to whatever size waves come. You know, what whatever the Pacific Ocean can throw towards that spot, that's how big it can handle it. It doesn't max out, so to speak, at least. Now I don't really want to go surf 80 foot Mavericks, but I'd like to at least surf there at some point. Maybe somewhere in the 15, 20 foot range to start out with. 12 to 15 foot plus, 18 foot occasionally, whatever kind of thing. And then work my way up from there. But I at least want to go and surf that wave. At least get one wave out there. So, so yeah, that, that of course picked up my interest. I was like, huh, uh, I haven't heard, I mean, obviously climate change is something we've all heard about. But I haven't heard it put as a, as a way of going into... Is it making waves bigger? But here's some interesting things that I pulled out, especially if you're not interested in big wave surfing, that I pulled out from this article. And it talks about some big factors. It talks about the possibility of coastal erosion, which can affect coastal infrastructure, such as, you know, ocean cliff side, you know, ocean cliff side neighborhood, like neighborhoods that are built on the cliffside of, you know, cliffside of an ocean cliff. Um, also, jetties, piers, and it could also mean the reshaping of sandbars. It could destroy point breaks, and it could also otherwise negatively affect surf spots of all sorts. And on a side note, this wasn't in the article, but on a side note, if this climate change is actually happening and water rises, water levels are rising, which does seem apparent, especially if you're someone who pays attention when you go to the beach, hmm, it seems the water's getting higher than it was 10 years ago when I started surfing here, or whatever. Or if you live in a place where there's just certain coastlines, you would be able to, it would be more evident, it would be easier to notice it. You wouldn't have to be quite so observant. But but on this side note, water levels rising could mean that reef breaks, if you have a reef break or anything that breaks over rock or something besides sand bottom, it what it could mean is that the waves could be getting mushier and mushier and mushier. As the water levels rise, well, that reef is still in the same spot, but now there's more water on top of it. So less water on the reef means it gets hollower, it gets punchier, it gets more powerful when it breaks because it breaks more suddenly. And it might even be that some surf breaks disappear entirely because the water level gets too high and it won't break on that reef and it just won't end up breaking until it hits the shore and then it just becomes this big shore break. And for the most part unsurfable unless you're on a on a skim board or a boogie board maybe and even then for some spots like 
think about Hawaii, like you don't you don't want to bodyboard a twenty foot wave where you're gonna drop straight into sand, you know. I mean, obviously, that kind of level of water rise would take a long time. Most of us probably wouldn't even be surfing by then anymore. Even even young people listening to this probably wouldn't be surfing by that time. But it depends. If, you know, we don't necessarily know whether the climate change is going to speed up and get faster and faster and faster. So it could be that it starts every year, it starts multiplying and, and growing and every year it gets faster, and the next year it doesn't double, it triples, and the year after that it quadruples, and and so it could just keep climbing up a ladder, and as it's climbing up that ladder, it's climbing faster and faster and faster the higher it goes. We just don't really know. And I am not going to sit here and pretend like humans can figure that kind of stuff out, because we can't even get the weather right tomorrow. So, at least not completely right. We're pretty alright with it. It definitely gives you an idea, but it's definitely not 100%. You know, but but also it has the potential for to to be messing up beach breaks as well. You know, it could mean that you have a long paddle out, or well, no, probably more like a really short paddle out because it might just end up being shore breaks. But but the sand tends to build up near near the shore anyways for for sand for sandbar kind of beach breaks. But also, it could mean the possible extinction of slab waves. Slab waves are, are, are waves that suddenly go from deep water to very shallow water very suddenly. within Typically within a matter of feet, it'll go from 40 foot to 4 foot or whatever. You know, uh, in scuba diving, we call that the drop-off. You know, where you're walking out on the reef and then you take one step and you're in 40 feet of water, you know. But if the water levels continue to rise, it won't be a slab anymore. It'll just be a reef break. And then continuing, it just won't break on that reef at all. Just, you know, think think of chopu. You know, it would basically, it would turn from a slabbing chopu with a huge lip where it suddenly goes from very deep water to very shallow water it would go from even deeper water to less shallow water so it would just turn into a normal reef break and then from there as the water levels rise it would go from even deeper deeper water to water that was too deep over the reef to break over that reef except maybe on the biggest of swells you know it could mean the possible extinction of slabs Anyways, let's move on to some better news here because that's all, of course, speculation. We don't really know. There's some evidence for for climate change, and I'm not like some doom gloomer talking about like, you know, the world's coming to an end. That's what I'm talking about. I actually don't believe the world will come to an end that kind of way, but I am intelligent enough to realize that changes are happening. Of course, and we, we should expect that, really. If you think about things logically... It's quite expected, but doesn't mean that there's nothing that we can do about it. So I'm not one of those people that just go around talking about climate change and environmentalism all the time, but I am minded towards it, so I'm not just ignorant about it. So I'm not afraid to talk about it, but I'm not going to beat it over the head either. So let's move on, because I know that if you're interested in that, you're interested in it.
I don't need to talk about it a lot. And if you're not interested in it, you're just waiting for me to shut up about it. So, moving on. CT, WSL CT surfer Lakey Peterson. I want to say congratulations to you and your now husband, Thomas Allen. They got married just recently. And while there is speculation that this could destroy her hopes for this year being her 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 year for her title I don't know it I just want to th- like I love marriages as as a Christian of course I love marriages especially marriages between a man and woman of course we're not going to get into that but <clears throat> I love marriages and you know God bless your marriage Lakey Peterson but I know as a married person myself that when you're married, as the Bible says, to become one. You're not single. You don't just go around doing whatever it is you choose that you want to do. You now have a partner that you need to work with. Not for, not over, but with. So for any males out there, you are not the boss of your wife. You're you're co-equal. You're a co-worker with them. You strive together, not against each other, and not one lorded over the other. And yes, that is what the Bible teaches. So, and it's also just what common sense and society teaches as well. The best marriages, the ones that last, are ones where the spouses learn to come together, where they learn to use their dif- their differences as their as what makes it work. And. And yeah. So congratulations to you, Mrs. I don't know if she's going to be changing her name to Lakey Allen now. I assume most celebrities don't, most celebrity women don't change their last name because it's something that they're recognized for is that whole name. But then some do. So maybe she will, maybe she won't. I don't know whether you are Miss Lakey Allen or whether you're Miss Lakey Peterson st- still. Either way, congratulations. And don't let the naysayers say anything about like, well, looks like your title opportunities are gone because here's the thing. Here's the thing. This past year, Julian Wilson just had a kid right before he started last year's season and then he got, he finished second. He was so close to to being a title winner and and really if someone else had actually taken out if a wild card which this is not impossible if a wild card had taken out Gabriel Medina in one of the earlier rounds which we've seen that happen before time and again really if that had happened Julian Wilson would would be the title winner he 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 would be a world champion right now by something that wasn't even his doing and and that's the thing about the WSL and world championship it's not just how good you surf, but also how things fall into place for other surfers around you, especially the ones that are on your same level, those top few surfers. You know, and it's about consistency. So it's not just you surf well at this one wave or these two spots. You have to consistently rank at least decently and have at least a few excellent ratings to be able to win that title. But it's not just about your performance. It's also about how others mash up 
as well. So, I mean, if the if it had turned out a little bit differently, and and some people actually argue, some people actually argue that Jordy Wilson should have won the heat that he was in, in the pipe ma- in in the pipe masters against Gabriel Medina, and if because his wave, they say, should have scored higher than Gabriel Medina's wave. And if it had, he would have won, Gay would have lost, and that would have opened the door for Julian Wilson to then win first place in the champion, and win first place in that event, which then would have gotten him the title because it wasn't too late at that point for him to get the title. But it didn't happen. So, will Miss Lakey Peterson being married affect her title shot? I would say you you can't just paint, you just can't stroke the brush one way or the other. It's an individually based thing. So for her, it might stifle her. And... It might not. She wouldn't be the first person married on tour to win a to win a championship, and she also wouldn't be the first person on tour to get married and not win a championship. So, it's it's going to basically come down to her. But it seems to me like her husband is very supportive of her career, and he's not. He doesn't seem like he's going to be like, hey, you need to put less attention into that and give me more attention or anything like that. It doesn't seem like he's going to get jealous against the the WSL and comp- surfing competition for her. So it seems like he'll actually maybe be more supportive of her and, and helping her now. But not to say that he wasn't before. Not, I'm not saying now he'll do that stuff. I'm just saying whatever. It, it seems like he would be more supportive than less supportive. I'll put it that way. Anyways, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there is a... Moving on from that, and one more time, congratulations, Lakey Peterson. Not like you're going to listen to this, but if anyone does listen to it and get it to you, congratulations. You don't know me anyway, so it doesn't mean anything to you. But there is a one-and-a-half-minute video. This is pretty cool. And the video isn't all that exceptional, really, but it's the story of it. It's a 14-year-old Australian teen, Kobe Clements, at Outer Reef, which is a spot in Hawaii that is a outer reef. And this is about a 10 to 15 foot, maybe bigger, fate, you know, the... To me, it looked like it was about, a, depending on his height, maybe 10 to 15 foot wave. And, of course, the face of the wave would be bigger, probably 15, 20 foot. And it, it looked like he rolls into it. And and then at the end, it was a well overhead. Well, not, maybe not well overhead, but it, maybe a few feet overhead barrel. Probably an 8 foot, you know, or so barrel that he was able to pull into for the end section. It was pretty cool. You should check it out. It's about a minute and a half long video. But it's not just him, I think, on this wave. I think it has other clips of Mr. Kobe Clements surfing as well. Also, this this was something that 
that was very funny to me. WSL on their Instagram account put out for a vote of who was your favorite goat. If you don't know what that means, it took me a second to figure it out, but and I didn't figure it out because of this. I've heard of goat, you know, a while ago. But from the first time I heard it, which I don't know if this is the first time you're hearing this, but goat means greatest of all time. So I'll just go ahead and put that out because nobody else put that out when I started hearing about this term goat. And I was like, why are they calling people a goat? Like, call them a billy goat or something, right? Like, what kind of goat are you talking about? But anyways, so it was a vote for who is your favorite goat, Kelly Slater or Tom Brady. And they put up a screenshot on the WSL app of after the Super Bowl where Tom Brady won and is now the six-time Super Bowl champion, the highest in NFL history of any single person. And I believe he's the only person on the Patriots team who's been there for all of those Super Bowl visits that the Patriots have, have won. I believe the rest of the team has either came on after the first one or left sometime after the first one prior to this sixth one. So I don't think anyone else has those six wins. I think he's the only one even on that team. Although, as a franchise, the team also carries six wins. But it, but it's a, a screenshot that they put up of Tom Brady saying that Kelly was his favorite goat. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I don't know that that actually is Tom Brady's account, but if it is, it, it, it's just funny, and it shows that he has a sense of humor. Rip Curl, by the way, has re-signed a 10-year, quote-unquote, lifetime. Yeah, you see that contradiction there? It's a 10-year deal that's called a lifetime deal. You know, are they saying that... This person is going to die in 10 years? Hopefully that's not what they're trying to imply. Anyways, I think what it means is the contract, the legal contract is 10 years, but they're planning on just continuously renewing contracts with this man for the rest of his life. Or as long as he's willing to, at least. They are willing to. But um, So they've re-signed a 10-year, quote-unquote, lifetime deal with Mick Fanning, and he will be joining basically he'll be joining Rip Curl for the search series and for anyone who's a fan of Mick Fanning or of the search this will be excellent news for you also moving right on to there let's steamroll let's steamroll right on through this Jack Robinson is now the 2019 Volcom Pipe Pro champion, and he beat Reef Hazelwood, uh, Ballerum Stack, and Baron Mamma Mia, Baron, not Mamma Mia, Mamaya, Baron Mamaya, in a four-person final. And here's some few a few stats for you about that final. There were ten waves ridden. The highest combined score was a 14.87. 14.87, which of course was Jack Robinson since he won it. And the lowest combined score total was a 
0.93. But the thing is, these weren't exactly small waves. They weren't the biggest we've ever seen at pipe, but I would personally say it was pumping. Although, not everyone's favorite conditions for pipeline. Uh, interestingly, the highest score for a single wave was an 8.0 by Reef Hazelwood, who finished third out of those four finalists. He, he, was, he had the third lowest score, but he had the single highest scoring or the highest scoring single wave, which was an 8.0, which, according to the judges' criteria, is the bottom for an excellent score. So there was really only one excellent score, and it was by the person who won third. You know, I, I seem to have noticed that. A lot of times, whether it's a four-man heat or whether it's a two-man heat, it seems like the person who wins is not the one who got the highest the highest single wave score unless there is a 10 in there if if someone didn't get a 10 then that's typically how it is and if someone got a 10 then that person typically wins unless more than one person got a 10 or someone gets a 10 but then fails to back it up with any significant score and then someone wins off two like someone gets a 10 and then they get a two and then so that's a combined total of 12 but then someone gets two 6.3s and they end up winning with a 12.6 <laughs> but that that'd be funny and I'm just making some numbers up there but I mean I guess that kind of happens too sometimes as well but oftentimes if you look it, it, it seems that so often maybe not the highest percentage of times but so often the highest single wave score isn't the top person so Anyways, uh, let's move on here. I wanted to touch on this. The latest WSL Heritage is by Fred Hemmings. Now, I hadn't heard of this person, but reading this article about him was kind of fascinating. Just to give you a few things. He was the winner of the 1968 World Surfing Championships. He contracted polio as a child he founded the pipeline masters if you want more than that check out this WSL heritage no this isn't sponsored this isn't WSL uh, asking me to do anything this is just I found it interesting I'm going to put it out there you know not everything that I think is interesting I'm going to just go ahead and put out there but this is something that's interesting and it's clean like it's not it's interesting but clean so just because it's interesting if it's not clean I'm not putting it out there but yeah so anyways if you want more information on this man and there is more there is more then go check that out you can find that on their app or probably their website as well even though their website is probably just gonna try to redirect you to their app anyways Alright, so for everyone out there who does enjoy watching the surf competitions, I know you're probably around this time starting to get, to get psyched because it is now less than two months until 
the Boost Mobile Pro and the Quicksilver Pro Gold Coast, which is the female and male respectively competitions being held at Snapper Rocks April 3rd through 13th. April 3rd through April 13th is the waiting period followed up closely in the second two weeks of April by the next competition. So it'll be one right after the other and then there's going to be I believe a short break before going to ah oh geez what was the third one? Bali? And I think they're going back over to Margaret River for the fourth stop instead of just doing all three Australias right off the back. Oh, by the way, I, I I think I just thought about this, or maybe I just rethought about this, but the whole idea of equal pay for women, by the way, that doesn't work out. You know why? Because there are less competitions for the women. Now, th this isn't... This isn't my first time noticing that there is 10 competitions versus 11 competitions for female, male, respectively. But, and I don't even necessarily think this is my first time thinking about or speaking about the fact that it's not equal pay because there are less competitions. But, either way. But if you think about it, if 17th place is the same pay for male and female then guess what that means the last place female and the last place male are not getting the same amount but the females are actually getting more for last place but that's because it's going to be a lower number for their last place since they have pretty much half the people but hey what can you do there isn't going to be no 25th place for females. So there's no equal there on that spectrum. Anyways, that's all I got to say for this podcast. I'm going to keep it, I guess, under an hour this time, seeing as right now it's about 51 minutes, 45 seconds, and counting. Yes, I can see that while I'm recording it, since I'm recording it directly to the computer. And then I go back and edit it, and then upload it and post about it and so on and so forth so anyways I still haven't really told anybody verbally personally about this I've only made posts about it for you know Instagram YouTube Twitter whatever by the way if you have not given this podcast a review I would appreciate it if you did I'm not going to tell you what number of stars as a review to give me or what to say in the review that you give me, I would just like for you to give a review. Also, if you would like to subscribe, don't forget to subscribe because that does help this podcast get out. And like I said, I believe in what it is that I'm trying to do here when it comes to providing good, clean entertainment for people. It may not be the most entertaining, but it at least isn't going to be bad for you. With that being said, it is unfortunately the subscriptions, it is unfortunately on Instagram and Twitter, the followers, that's how it grows, that's how it gets recommended to other people. The more subscribers or followers that you have, the more likely it is to be shown to other people. I don't personally care, it doesn't make me feel better about myself if you subscribe or not, but for the sake of growing the channel, 
the podcast channel, growing the YouTube channel, growing the Instagram, growing the Twitter, please subscribe to this podcast channel. Go over to Instagram and Twitter where and follow me there where you can find me at Saltwater Bum. Just just look up look up for Twitter, just look up Saltwater Bum. And for Instagram, you can I'll tell you exactly what the handle name is. It's A underscore saltwater underscore bum. That's where you can find me there. And and that's the account for the whole, I guess, saltwater bum network here. And then you can also go over to my YouTube channel where I have videos that I post about, not about the podcast, but about um, me progressing in surfing and skating. And and it's basically setting up like a, like a you can think of it as a, as a series going from where I'm at in my surfing and skating, going towards the goal of surfing at Mavericks where everything is going towards that. So go ahead and subscribe to that. Follow me on the Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast channel. Leave a rating, a a review, whatever it is that you whatever it is that your platform actually calls it. Thank you so much. God bless all of you. And hopefully you will stick around and you can also DM me on Instagram. Mine is set up to where I can receive DMs from people. And you can also comment on this podcast or on the YouTube channel if you like. I believe I had had it set up. I know for the YouTube I have it set up, but it's a little bit different for the podcast. So I don't necessarily know if it will notify me or if I have to actually check to see if there's comments on it. But you can definitely DM me on Instagram. That might be one of the easiest ways. Um, especially if you are all already following me on there. and Or you can just email me at bum the number four saltwater at gmail.com you can also get a hold of me that way if you have any any comments any concerns if you wanted to tell me that I'm stupid but don't want to do it publicly hey whatever that's um bum as in b-u-m the number four saltwater at gmail.com so you can get a hold of me any of those kind of ways I'd appreciate it for the follows and for the subscriptions just because it helps this to grow and thank you so much for listening and I hope you stick around I hope this podcast and the YouTube channel the Instagram and the Twitter uh, I hope that they that they grow and that they get better and better entertainment wise so that they will be attractive to more people because I know that I can't use my surfing and my skating, at least at this point, to attract people because I'm not at the level that so many other surfers and skaters who have been surfing and skating for years are at. And I don't do it consistently enough either, which is not by choice. That's just kind of how it is. But So I, I do hope to bring in some sort of factor that will help that out. Anyways, until next time, thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bless you. 
and if you can get out in the ocean and surf if not get to a skate park and skate shred it up shred it down whatever you want to call it give it some friends have some fun be respectful be kind to each other and hopefully see you next time peace out bruh